Well, thank you guys for being here. This is Burn the Ship podcast, where we help entrepreneurs go all in on their business by connecting them with professionals that can help them. So today, um, we have Christy here. We have Taylor here. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. I don't want to steal your thunder and tell people about you know, what it is um, that you guys are doing. You can show those people that camera there um, what it is once you kind of start talking about it. But, um, you know, a couple, you know, are you a UGA? You went to UGA as well? Yes, I graduated 2018. Okay, cool. Oh, you were right before me then. Yeah, I was, yeah. Okay. I did a fifth year, so. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, so yeah. two years before me. But a um, couple of UGA Bulldogs here, a um, couple entrepreneurs here. Um, really invested in themselves, invested some time in learning what you do. So hopefully we we want to kind of pick your brain and figure out what you guys have done well and what we can take from you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, your business. Right on. I am Christy Frank. I'm Taylor Cottrell. I'm the founder and CEO of Clutch Creations, and this is our patented product. It comes in three different sizes. It's called the clutch strap. So this is the crossbody clutch strap. Um, you wear it across your body. But the way it works, that's everyone's first question is how it works. You uh, peel and stick these industrial strength adhesive clips on the back of your phone. And you can interchange it with any of our designs. So Taylor's got the mini clutch strap, the newest one to the family. Yep, coming out this week. So trying to rep it. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, our product is genuine leather. So that's the core base of it. Um, leather with metal functions and and accessories on it. But um, right now we're trying to launch limited edition leathers, which are a little harder to source. So they're going to be one-off drops, but that's when we can get creative with it. So right now the minis oil spill iridescent, which kind of went on with one of our old themes of branding anyways. Um, like just a little about us. Like we met at UGA. She stopped me in the street because she saw me have some festival bands on my uh, keychain, and she was doing customer discovery for this. I think she was holding the very first prototype. Yeah. And you just stopped me getting off the bus and was like, you're the type of customer I want to see and I want to <laughs> know what you think of this. And um, she gave me her business card and then I dug it up a couple months later and realized it's absolutely genius and I had to get on board. And then once we just started talking, we realized we both love festivals we love music that's um the biggest hobby and passion i think that we have in common and, and it's kind of what i'm that's why the clutch shop was born she was packing for um Huluween, <clears throat> a festival out in live oak florida and didn't couldn't figure out where she wanted to put her phone or what to do i mean that's the problem if you've ever been to any music event like if you're a girl do you put it in your pocket do you put it in your bra like what are you doing with it and i mean personally i've left two in porta potties so <laughs> i mean um, I definitely saw the value there immediately. And we just got to talking and realized, I mean, yes, there's a core audience here that is, you know, could be really lucrative. But I mean, a year into it, we realized this this could be for everybody. This could be for every, you know, employee out there and every workforce. And, and you know, we just, we were like, you know, obviously, since our interest is based there, that's kind of how we've cultivated the branding. And, and that's just what we enjoy, you know. Uh, showing on our social medias and our website. But beyond that, um, I mean, it, it really can be it can be for the outdoors men, the fly fishers, the, you know, the nurses, the teachers, it can be for anybody. So, you know, we're we're constantly trying to figure out how we can evolve the branding to be super inclusive, but also, you know, staying true to ourselves and our interests and why we started it in the first place. Tell me more about that customer discovery story 
to or like your accelerator to prototype to customer discovery to market to finding production T- tell me a little bit about that story how because i know if you think about your audience everyone has had this not this idea but this type of idea of like oh my god i just thought of something that everybody should have that would fix a problem that everyone yeah. has unanimously <clears throat> you know like jay is always coming to me with these ideas you know and some of them are preposterous ridiculous no chance but some of them are really good yeah and there's a bunch of people out there that are like i don't even know where to start i don't even know how to figure out if people want this or how to get them made or how to even test my own theory how what tell me a little bit about that road from from you guys point of view so that could be a really long story but at the time that i met taylor i had already done a lot of the conceptualizing of how the product's going to work and just like you said a lot of people are like you know i've had that idea the difference is i kept morphing it and changing it and pursuing it because I always wanted it to attach to the back of any phone. I didn't want it to be a phone case. I mean, we considered a zillion different ideas and the way it initially worked, um, I could still do today. You've got like a camera strap with the clips on it and you can simply attach that to the bottom of your phone. But I talk about how the first product, because I mean, it's just like we have tunnel vision because we've done it for four years. Yeah. But the, what, how she started it was a fabric strap. Yeah. So we called it the classics. So the, I mean, I think the first batch you had was um, the women volunteers. They, yeah. uh, they, you know, seamstresses. We had an idea. And basically there was D-rings at the end. Um, so same idea of the leather, but it was all fabric. So anywhere that it would connect to the hardware, it would be sewn. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step of you is trying to figure out who could make it with the products because we wanted pockets in it. We wanted, you know, stash places to put like, you know, you loop your keys or put a lipstick or put some put some cash, you know, not thick enough for a credit card. But the idea was the most functionality is to mock possible. the camera strap to mock the camera strap which is thicker which is kind of like mm-hmm. a, a duffel strap for you know luggage so that was kind of where it was born and you had a leather one but we were really trying to focus on the classics because festival you want to be able to carry as many things as possible so i think the first round was just figuring out seamstresses and manufacturers and that was two years of just being super disappointed in our samples. It was I mean, tough. we would pay so much money for people who were like, yep, we can do that. We, we we understand the vision. We understand the quality you want. And then we'd get back a batch that, you know, we're in college. We have no money. She's investing like all her bartending money in this. Uh, like, I mean, we're just doing whatever we can. And then we'd get it back and we'd just be so disappointed. Like, how did, how was there the disconnect there? Like, how did we miss the mark on this? And then that, that grew from, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's not the lane we should pursue if we don't have the perfect manufacturer for that. So then I was just going back through the Instagram of old posts. And I remember we were just in a meeting one day in the MLC. And I'm like, I just love the look of the leather. And it was just one sample you had that you posted forever ago. And I was like, I want to run with this idea where you had the hardware looped like yeah. that. You had the core black brown with the brown and it, to me the the dark leathers like that was very grunge aesthetic very like festival aesthetic it wasn't so cookie cutter with the with the fabric prints and everything yeah. so we kind of just shifted gears when things weren't working and we're like okay well maybe we need a pivot well i think a little bit to like backtrack was um i knew i had to make it with my hands like i've made all of the prototypes first and then taken the idea somewhere so the first time I made um, a clutch strap, it looked like a noodle because I didn't know how to sew, but my mom bought me a sewing machine and the po- pockets were inside out and 
all this jazz because I had never done product development. And then, you know, found my favorite seamstress at the store and she made a prototype. And then I wanted it to be like a social aspect of the company. And so uh, my professor connected me to this nonprofit called Piece of Thread. And they, I worked with them. It was refugee women. They used donated fabrics to create handbags. And so I volunteered with them. I built a relationship. They started making my prototypes. And then once I had a prototype, I went to the manufacturers. How I found the manufacturers was just looking up the NACIS codes Mm -hmm. and just calling them. And so then our first manufacturer was way down in Moultrie, Georgia. In hindsight, I wish I could have flown to a manufacturer because the only way that I could get to Moultrie was driving. So my mom and I got in the car, drove four hours down south, got to see all of the manufacturing process, and then solidified a a lot with them. Those were our best products quality-wise for a long time. They specialized in making Mm seatbelts, so they had the machines to make a straight line. Since then, because it was difficult, like, sending all the products and everything back and forth, I wanted to find someone more local. And we found someone in Snellville. And then it was like the quality of the product didn't match with the price point. And so that's when we started going back to the drawing board. And, you know, people requested a leather strap. And leather's very durable. Like she said, it's just got a completely different vibe to it. And I had met this lady, um, Heather Breedlove, who I actually work for now. And she's my mentor and she's an amazing human. But she donated three hides of leather, which is equivalent to like $1,500 mm-hmm. worth of leather. And I just started working with my hands and making it. And then, like she said, we were in this meeting. And so that's how I really morphed from one product that wasn't working into pursuing what was going to work. And then same with the clips. I just ordered a zillion different types of clips and tried to make it and not reinvent the How does your marketing align with the quality of your product now? So you've decided to go with the letter. It's, it's more of, it gives you more... Like I think of like a really nice built, yeah. you know, like as a, as a guy, that's what that makes me think of is like when you invest in a, <coughs> in a really nice built and you have one that's like worked itself out and it's relaxed and it's yeah. like, that looks like a really high quality product. So how does your marketing align with the change of product over time? Um, that's an interesting question because, you know, that's why we had to discontinue the product that didn't align with the quality. You know, at first we were selling the clutch strap for 40 bucks because we were like, if we're at the music festival selling, it's got to be 220s. Like there really wasn't that much pricing strategy behind it. We're like, it's not going to be 30 bucks because it's not easy. We need cash. We need easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And also marketing to peers is a lot easier than thinking of trying to scale something and what the masses want. mm -hmm. Like. Everybody in Atlanta knows what the clutch strap is. We know, they know our branding, they know the quality, they know everything, and they give us great feedback. But the problem was, how can we appeal to B2B? How can we appeal to, you know, people like Delta or people who are super interested in the the technology of the functionality that we have, and they know that there's nothing else like it, but... You know, if, if if you have one shot and that's going to our Instagram or our website, how can we stay true to our branding, but also show that we are legit enough and that we are, um, that we do have the means to scale like that. So 
honestly, we're still we're still figuring that out today of how we want to do it. I mean, we it changes. Like if you look at our Instagram a year ago and, and, and our website a year ago, like I it's just two of us, right? So we don't have a web developer. I do the website. We don't have, you know, professional marketers. We don't like and any of the shout out our intern. Yeah, and <laughs> Meredith, Meredith, uh, she's at UGA right now. So she's great. And like, so we've been blessed with you know, people like that to help us. But when it's just two of us, you're, it's really bootstrap method. So, mm-hmm. um, I think j- just alone this year in COVID, we were lucky enough to have, um, Kickstarter. Christina K- Kickstarter, obviously that gave us a little bit of wiggle room for funds. And then the first thing was how can we elevate our marketing? How can we elevate the content that we're pushing out? So people actually want it and crave it and, and see it every day and are like, okay, that is what I need. Like that is the look I'm going for. That's, that's a necessity I need, you know? Um, and I mean, photography is obviously a big part of that. So we had, we were lucky enough to have a photographer that we had on retainer for a few months, Christina, but you know, she has a full-time job in the music industry as well. So once that pivoted, it's, you know, <laughs> it's it's us. So this past weekend, I took the camera out with my boyfriend who does photography and and we shot, you know, the new oil spill and and I just tried to make it super clean, super modern, super but but our theme is always colorful. Like we we love color. We love um like blues. Our logo is an octopus, so I always try to bring in a, a bluish teal to everything. Um, that's like the core logo, but like our logo and our branding changes with our vibe. Just like when we make a new sticker that, I mean, we used to have an iridescent octopus. That was our main logo. Everything was a little more cutesy. And then we're like, we're, we're past that. We've outgrown that. So we changed everything to black, um, black octopus, black logo, black everything. And that was like the underlying color was like black. If there's a pop of color, that's blue. We bring in beiges. So I'm constantly trying to, because this is a unisex product too. Mm -hmm. And we want to display that. We don't want this to only appeal to women because we know the men in our lives. They understand it. They're, they're, they rock it, especially the leather ones like this. I mean, when we have guy models go out with it, it looks great. And with the mini, they can throw it on a belt loop. It's not something that they feel like is like, you know, a sash around them or anything like that. They cater to their own style and aesthetic, but it's it's a really tricky thing of trying to stay true to festival branding while also get B2B while also being unisex. Like it's I mean, we're just figuring it out. Like I didn't major in marketing in college. So it's sometimes, you know, her guess is as good as mine and we just have to talk about it and get opinions. And I don't think we said that, though. You're our CMO. She's our chief marketing officer. And together, like this is our brainchild. Another thing that we really have to do with our marketing, and I'll keep this short, but um, we have to educate the customer and we have to convince them that this adhesive is strong enough to hold the most expensive thing you've got on your body at all times. Unless you're wearing a Rolex, your phone is worth probably more than your shoes, anything else you're wearing. How are people going to trust that? And it's funny. It's funny that people need us to sell it so bad when like... It's like, think of pop socket. Everyone these days has a pop socket. No one thinks twice about it when they see their friend have it. And that's what they hold, you know, their five pound iPhone 12 nowadays. I don't even know. I feel like they just keep getting bigger. But um, I mean, we're kind of lucky enough that there are other products out there that are so well known and so trusted. So we can kind of piggyback off of, well, if you use a pop socket, why would you not trust our adhesive? Granted, you can't take ours off and, and put it underwater like you can their adhesive, but that's not really what we're trying to do either. You know, it's like if you don't want it in your everyday life, well, that's why you can buy more clips and you can get Unclip different it. cases and you can take 
take it off. And our clips are extremely inexpensive. We sell them for $2.50 for a set of four. So if you wanted to rip them off one day and not use it for, you know, another month till you have an event and that's how you want to use the product, then there's there's no value loss there. I mean, it still has the freedom to do what you want to do with it. Do you think it is an advantage to your brand that you have all of these different avenues that you could sell? Or do you think it is more your time is better spent finding the one sector that is the most successful for you? So it's our strategy right now is because essentially everyone has an iPhone. We're not selling to everyone that has an iPhone. You do have to have, you know, your target market, (laughs) but with the product, we're not launching, you know, other inventions. We're going to see this out. And so we're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. We've seen a lot of success with custom branded straps as a corporate gift because you're walking mannequin when you're wearing the product. And that's why we're pivoting a little bit more to go back to the classic clutch strap because it can be branded true to color, true to logos, all that jazz. So to answer your question, the direct to consumer side of the business is going great. You know, it's the easiest sell for people to understand like, yeah, I would use that at a music festival. And so that's where we're still continuing to pursue events where people want to use both hands. And then it's really like the phone accessory that you didn't know you couldn't live without. Because once it's on your phone, you're around the house, you're vacuuming, you're like setting it up different places. And so once we've got you, people start to understand it more and they can't live without it. And then that just like word of mouth spreads a little bit more. So we're staying true to our target market, but like, 5k charity walks females are just holding their phones so that b2b bulk order music festivals like we can still reach our target customer by selling to the music festival Mm -hmm. and instead of having the festival band they've got the clutch strap so it's a workaround way to get to the same customer but I think, too, it's like, to your question more specifically, it's like, yes, my dad, my uncle, her family members, I'm sure every adult's first question is, why don't you walk into a Verizon or an AT&T, sell the product and just have this go widespread and it be the next the, the next pop socket, basically? Like why? And it's like, well, that would be great. And that's kind of what we're working towards now with our As Seen on TV partnership is we're, we are testing if this can go widespread and, and really be in big big box retailers such as Target and Walmart and all those things. And if that's the case, then fantastic. And we can have that almost as a separate lane and still do our direct-to-consumer basically for our own passions and our own enjoyment. 100%. You know? 100%. Lots like, the, lots like Sarah Blakely-ish. <laughs> her favorite. We love, I love the, uh, favorite. Thinking about like Sarah Blakely, like you want to be your own thing. You know what I mean? Like you don't want someone like my my first thing, like maybe Jay or Chris would come in there and say, why don't you take it to Verizon or AT&T or take it to whoever and let them just like acquire your product from you. But I think that sucks. You know what I mean? Like I, I think of that, you know, have you ever seen um The Social Network? Yeah. So like there's a part in that movie where – Justin Timberlake walks up to Jesse Eisenberg, who's playing Mark Zuckerberg, and he says, you know it's cool? He says, you know it's not cool? A million dollars. You know it's really cool? is a billion dollars. <laughs> exactly. And, like, that is that um, 
you know, go into like, hey, anything that we can sell 50,000 of these and make a penny on every single one of them is like not always a win. So I commend you for for sticking it out. You're, you're a stronger brand than just to be acquired by somebody else's strong brand. I yeah. And that. it's it's hard to because, you know, I'm sure money talks, but we've we've had that thought where oh, someone wants to buy it for $10 million and like, well, why do you why do you want it for $10 million? Then we should keep it. You know, it's almost like you're selling it back to us. If mm-hmm. you think that there's that much value there, then it's just going to give us more motivation to keep going. For sure. For sure. That's oh. how it worked with the patents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone approached me and they were like, um, it was a promotional to buy the, company. To buy the patent from you? No, they said um, I didn't have patents at the time and we had this meeting and they were like, you know, you'll be the inventor, of course. We'll pay for the patents. Well, I was like, I've seen Shark Tank enough times. So I went back to my patent attorney who had already done a ghost patent search for me. And mind you, this was like a number of years ago to where when I first had the idea, I was like, that phone strap, that was cool. Even to this day, like more and more things are coming out of the woodwork. But I had this idea so long ago that, you know, I was like, what's out there? Got the ghost patent search done. I was like, okay, there's there's nothing really like this and especially not the way that it works so when this company and they were like we'll pay for it yada yada i went back to my patent attorney she was fuming she was like no i'm gonna get these provisional patents filed like we'll do this that the other so we've got two design patents that's so loud <laughs> you hear it more in here in your headphones yeah you hear it, you just hear it like you're riding on that one so we have two design patents and one utility patent and that was just like kind of one of the first things that kept pushing me forward. I was like, okay, we've got this. Let's keep going. Like, And now we've got a trademark on the name and the logo. And so it's just been those little milestones, like getting the $10,000 grant, getting the $2,500 grant, the Kickstarter, the patents. Like everything has just kept us moving forward because it's like, all right, looking back, we've made it this far. Let's keep going. What are we doing? So your next milestone is this national launch as, uh, as seen on TV partnership. How How is that going to work? Um... Really and truly, I did sign some things that we can't talk about it. Right. Unfortunately, well, like that much because I just remember like reviewing all the contracts and, and you know, I don't want to cry wolf. Hopefully it's really successful. We've got other things in our belts, like partnerships with some festivals that now that they're coming back, we want to see it be really successful, but I don't want to cry wolf. And, uh, and, and just like more broad terms of we had so many loose ends to tie up, right? So... When the Kickstarter came around, so the the original clutch strap, that's the OG. That's the OG product. It's lanyard style. If you're, you know, really tiny, you can wear it as a crossbody. It's really just, you know, your opinion. But yes, it is lanyard style. So that's the OG product, whether that's leather or fabric. When the Kickstarter rolled around, we had we we were just pursuing the leather at that point. So our main idea was, well, what are we gonna fundraise? What's the new product? We had kind of tattered with vegan leather because i mean people people do want vegan you know i mean we we want to be inclusive to everyone's <laughs> desires but then when we thought about it and we actually took surveys of our customer base the people actually buying our product were not really concerned about mm-hmm. it being vegan you they know well, and it's like if you're driving a car with leather seats, it's like you can't really harp on one strap that you use every day for your phone. It's kind of just we want to be inclusive, but we also want to pay attention to the people who are actually supporting our brand. And, and, and we've the done product. a vegan line. And we have done a vegan line. And it, and, it, and it was great. And we love it. It's just I was like, is that really what we want to focus on crowdfunding? And mm-hmm. so then it was like, OK, well, I wear 
the lanyard style crossbody. It's a super snug fit, but it's like I always wanted to wear it crossbody, and not everyone can do that because, especially if you're a guy, you know, that's just not big enough. So then it was kind of like, okay, I think we've just been thinking about this too hard. Maybe we should launch different lengths and sizes because everyone's always like, is it adjustable? Is it this? No, it's one length, it's one material. There's not, uh, you know, a, a button or something where you can loosen it. So um, once we kind of decided on that, let's do crossbody. We kind of ran with it, and then it kind of brought this whole view of the different clutch creations. So there's the original. Now there's the crossbody. When we were doing the Kickstarter, we're like, okay, well, we know we're going to want a mini. You know, she made a sample. So it was like, we knew we wanted the family, right? All three sizes, three different uses, and all inclusive to male and female. So it was basically just like, we didn't want to rush the marketing. We didn't want to rush, you know, and fulfilling the Kickstarter. That's a whole feat in itself. Like, I mean, that was four, five months. So it was like, we can't list the crossbodies on our website before our actual, you know, backers get their product. We can't sell it wholesale until they get it. So that was basically four months of like, we got to make sure everything's lined up. So when they get their product, we can just crank out the rest and really get this whole thing running because long-term we'd love to do just like, you know, a, a makeup company would do if they have three different products. We want gifting sets. Christmas rolls around, you get bundles. the whole family. You get bundles. You get the crossbody original and mini. There's a different use for every strap. So, you know, wholesale wise, we have a few people who've been really interested in working with us. And it's basically just been on us of what do we want to sell this at wholesale? Because it's really hard to scale when, you know, we're still working on getting our packaging costs down. Like we were spending $7.00. Fine. Almost, almost, you know, six or something the first round um, on just the box alone because we wanted a really, really nice um, box that almost, almost mimicked an iPhone box, like a, a really matte, beautiful, you know, touch white silver embossing. We we wanted all those pretty things, and so we spent a lot of money on that, and that definitely hurt our profit margin. So it was just working our getting our costs down. Um, figuring out, uh, you know, because I think the best advice my uncle gave me that is a good point that we're still trying to figure out is, hey, if you go and sell that strap for, you know, X amount of dollars, don't be mad when the person who buys it from you sells it for $90. And you can't go cry about it and say, well, you know, I'm not even selling it for that much. It's like, well, if they can market it and they can sell it at that, then they can do that. So we're constantly figuring out of like, what is our value there? What do we want to give it up for if we are focusing on wholesale? And like, that was just a huge part of it is really hammering out a final line sheet of if this is what we're going with, we don't want to keep changing prices. Um, We raised the prices a little bit just because of um, the crossbody coming out. It's more material, more leather. It's more in line with your brand too. Totally, totally. So as we've grown, we've we've definitely recognized our value more because I, I mean I would get nervous every month like what if people don't want to you know spend that and she's like no if they don't if they don't see the value in it they're not going to get it regardless five ten dollars is not going to yeah. stop that and mm-hmm. so she's been really great in pushing me to realize our own value and understanding that yeah I mean it's all about how we present it and our competitors are out th- that are out there I don't want to <laughs> shout them out by name but That's some cool. of those straps don't. are $90 plus and they don't have the freedom of going on every phone case there's something that are attached to a satchel or a bag or whatever and it's strictly for females it's strictly for females so um so I think yeah it's just been a huge learning curve of understanding where we're at and trying to just be super what I, well, here I'll ask you a question I think you can answer so your goal with this partnership is sell more 
to consumers. 100%. But it's also to get us out there. Mm -hmm. You know, like... Brand recognition in general. I see a couple different phone straps coming out the woodwork, and that's fine because that's more proof of concept. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the social proof of getting, raising all that money through Kickstarter... These are all more things that I can take to an investor pitch mm-hmm. and be like, look at this. So with or maybe this, you won't need an investor pitch ever. I know. Maybe you never pitch an investor on anything. Right now we got all that for This girl has, you know, worked her ass off for cra- like pitch competitions, this, that. I mean. Gotten a lot of no's. Got a lot of no's, but enough yeses to where it, it paid for things that we never, I mean, especially when we were in college, UGA, especially. Um that was the first grant, right? Yeah, that was the first grant. And um, I actually, the way I paid for the patents was my car got broken into and I used the insurance money <laughs> to pay for the patents. No <laughs> That's just the way the hustle goes. Yeah, it is. Um, so you guys have developed this skill just from the outside looking in of constantly developing skills, always changing, figuring out the game what's what's next what do we what do you guys have to figure out next that's going to take you guys to the next level kind of what is the next evolution beyond that marker that you have right now well so um i'll answer that question in being that like i'm always learning Mm -hmm. so i've done the multiple accelerator programs i did this um other program that's essentially for female entrepreneurs to own their ceo title it's confidence builder and so once we kind of get a little bit more of the business solidified. I really need to learn more numbers and really get those finance things down. Like some weaknesses that are apparent in our business have to do with numbers. So we need a CFO. We'll figure out some of that growing our team. But then with the national launch, like we want to do more retail and big box. Like that partnership is going to introduce new things. And I don't know. That's just like where we're going is, still trying to mend and move quickly. Like fail fast is my favorite thing. Like sure. if this isn't working, get on, get over it and move I might on. I have some friends that can help you with that. Um, amazing. With like the, uh, like with the big box stuff. I definitely do. That's um, amazing. They're really good at it. So, um, well, that's pretty cool. You know, that, that, that's really cool. Your, your journey is interesting. And I really think it's really cool when we have these podcasts where we get to see like, this is kind of like this introductory conversation. And hopefully this is something that we can watch a year or two or three from now and we can sit in the same place and well, we won't be here. None of this will look like this. Our room will be way bigger and nicer. And yeah. More yeah. cameras. Tristan won't be in here doing this shit. So, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll look back at this and we'll, we'll see the infancy in both of our companies. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll see the infancy in yours. You'll see the infancy in what we're doing here in the podcast and our company as well. You know, we, we, um, we exactly what you said earlier is like, we grow together, you know, yeah. like, like you guys grow, we grow, the community grows, business grows like that. That's the type of stuff we're investing in. We're truly invested in is like, I get all of the gratification that I ever get of my business of watching people build stuff. You know, and if you're like not building anything, you're not committed to your business and it shows in your business and it doesn't show in yours, you know? So, so I commend you guys on those things and I look forward to, uh, you know, the, the ability to kind of recap all your success over the next year or two at some point. And you can always lean on us for anything. We, we, we have some friends of ours that are a lot friendlier with our money than a lot of investors. So, I mean, we, we've had these conversations a lot, you know, so, and we've had some, uh, some other startup people on the podcast that are really, really bright, you know, they, they've been connected to some people and some programs that probably very friendly to 
brands similar to you guys. So I, I just love the um, the podcast, how it's made. And so mm-hmm. like having this conversation with you, like when we first met, we were considerably going to just like do this over the phone because I think for us, it's a cool way to talk about where we are in the story. And like, you know, when we do this in a year, what's changed and all that jazz, but it was just going to be me. And then when I knew that I was coming in town, I was like, I need, I need my co-pilot. Like we need to do this together. And so this is super special that you're talking to us and hearing both of our perspectives. And like Taylor's really good at articulating things, both literally and physically right now. <laughs> so <laughs> this was really special for us to cool. be able to have this. Well, yeah. thanks. Thanks I so much for having that. us. Well, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. I'll introduce you to some of the people that I know that are assisting brands like yours. Um, and they're really, really good at what they do. They, yes. I, I've, they've had some, like, I've had some restaurant friends of mine, like, take sauce and take merchandise and things like that and go to Publix and Walmart. Like, they, they, they've had some, some brands go very, very consumer friendly. Some ones you would recognize. Nice. So, um, like, like, specifically, one of my friends, her specialty is, like, taking one restaurant and turning it into a franchise. Oh, you nice. Know? So, she may know some people that, would incorporate that with their servers themselves. Yeah. So um, I have some friends that, that are good friends for you guys to have, you know, so. And likewise, I've got a network of people who could probably use some payment processing. And sure. <laughs> introductions all about who you know. Yeah. And we're, and we're cool with help on that. I mean, there, there's only so many years left of us even caring <laughs> truly like like there there's gonna be a point where we do this and we don't give a shit what we get back and we ain't that far away like we're business is good business yeah. and there's a, a lot left to be done so like my goal is to look for things like these like yeah. i, I want to have you know i want to have that eye for billion dollar companies like that's what i want to be my thing you know like do you listen to how it's made i listen to shark tank because i want to be a shark okay <laughs> okay nice. truly like that that's what i listen to I, I listen to how to be a billionaire and all those things like there there's a few podcasts that i listen to but like um some people are so resistant to the game you know some people are resistant to that entrepreneurship game and it's a winnable one you know so Anything we can do to help you guys, I would like to see you all succeed. So Appreciate it. Nice. Cool. I think what you just said, last final thought, um, and truly what has kept us going is we found the intersection. And this is one of the things that I tell to like students and as a mentor, you have to find the intersection of like where your work and where your play happens. And for you in this podcast, that sounds very true. Like it is work, but you're really enjoying hearing the mm-hmm. stories and you're articulate and networking is your secret sauce. And for us, it was being able to have a functional fashion product that has changed our lives. Like this is a staple in my everyday, but it's also so convenient at my play, like at the music festivals. And that's just like, you got to find that intersection. For sure. And I think even though we're in our, you know, still baby step phase, I do want to give us credit because we've done it a hundred percent grassroots with no advertising at all. So you know, uh, like what, like normal, you know, brands, are they going worldwide without advertising? Absolutely not. So yeah. I think the just on word of mouth alone, you know, our social media ambassadors, I think we're definitely ready to take it to the next step, but proud of, proud of where it's come so far. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's really <laughs> that time. Yep. Right cool. Oh, we're out of here. Thank Yay. you.